Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Friday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckus. How are we doing on this glorious Friday? As I always say, it's Friday, yo. Um, I couldn't be happier because the week's over. That sounds so negative because I'm like surrounded by both of you positive people. But like, I love, <laughs> I love that the fact that it's Friday. I love Fridays. It's my favorite day of the week. TGIF, it's great. Yeah. My, my favorite thing right now is Demar Derozan. I think you know oh, yeah. he's he keeps getting for some reason a little underrated when it comes to the MVP debate. But 35 points in eight straight games. The man is. Unbelievable. Incredible. No, I mean, you know, if I had a ballot for the most valuable player right now, it would be for DeMar DeRozan. Okay, we have a lot to get to today. Let's get to today's headlines. Right, guys, today's headlines: The Lakers and the Clippers play the um, they play the Clippers tonight at Crypto.com Arena in the first game for both teams since the NBA All Star break. The Clippers are playing without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, while the Lakers are playing without Anthony Davis. The Clippers are favored by a point and a half, according to Circus Sports. Who do you got tonight? I got to go with the Lakers. Um, I don't know why I, I, I have this this feeling. I think there's a lot of talk about LeBron James right now. This is one of those like LeBron statement games. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to be the beginning of the Lakers turning their season around. I'm not saying that at all. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But this does seem to be one, one of those games. Listen, the Clippers are playing without Kawhi. They're playing without Paul George. And I'll take the point and a half. And I'll take LeBron James. And I'll take the Lakers to have this, like, LeBron's having a statement. He knows he's going to get the questions. He knows that this post game is going to be a very much who cared about the game post game. It's going to be like, what did you mean during All-Star Weekend? Are you happy here? What is your relationship like with Rob Palenka? I mean, he knows he is ready for this moment post game. I mean, this is all about the post game. I am more, me as a viewer and as a fan, more intrigued by what the post game is going to look and sound like than the actual game itself. So listen, the game itself, I'm going to go with LeBron James having some rest here, riding the high off his game winner at the All-Star game. Give me the Lakers. Give me the points. Wait, you're you're taking the point and a half? For the Lakers? The Lakers are going to win tonight. They are going to, they're getting a point and a half. I actually like the Lakers to win outright. Oh, Clippers all day, everybody. <laughs> Clippers all day. They've been playing their minds out. I do not care. And they also got a lot of rest, right? So they've, they're all rested. Clippers all day. I will take that point and a half for the Clippers, and I will take that money line bet for the Clippers as well. Double up. I don't. Uh, I get I just, it. Listen, I, I think I think the uh, the the smart play here would go with the Clippers because I mean the Lakers are just such a dumpster fire right now. But I mean I, that that's the reason. By the way, the, the, I was talking to a friend like in Vegas because right now, according to Vegas, the Cavs have worse odds than the Lakers. The Mavs have, and I say, how, like, how does that make sense? And it's like, listen, we have to do that because we get bets on a daily that the Lakers are still going to win the championship. They took a bet yesterday, a $1,000 bet on the Lakers winning the championship. 
yesterday. That's crazy to me. That's wasted money. I mean, the thing with the game tonight is, do we know if Aaron Donald is going to be in the building? Because it seems like <laughs> if LeBron has his presence, he takes it to another degree. <laughs> that love fest was amazing. It was crazy. But, you know, I'm going to go with the Lakers because I agree with the fact that I think LeBron is going to come out with a point to prove tonight. That's no shade towards the Clippers. I definitely think that they're a better team. But coming out of the All-Star break, LeBron with a point to prove. Yes. Give me the Lakers and give me the points. And it's really that press conference because you know, again, no one's going to talk about this game unless something crazy happens in the game. The questions are, are you happy with the Lakers? Are you happy with Rob Palenka? What needs to happen? Do you, do you want to be here? Again, the PR staff will try to shut down these questions, but it will all be about LeBron James. It will all be about his happiness. It will, it will all be about Rob Palenka. But I'm fascinated. That's the only, like, the only reason that I'm going to really watch tonight. Uh, all right, next headline moving forward. There's another local rivalry match, Arash and Armani. Um, it's going on tonight as the LA Kings take on the Anaheim Ducks at the Honda Center. The Kings are third in the Pacific Division with 61 points, just five points back of first place. And the Anaheim Ducks are in fifth place with 59 points. If the season ended today, the Kings would play Vegas, the Knights in the first round, and the Ducks would just miss out. The money line at Circa Sports is minus 110. Who you got? I like the Kings. I know they're going on the road tonight at the Honda Center. By the way, I love that place. And, gee, we do have to go. Their wine cellar, and I know this has nothing to do with the game, but that wine cellar is the best wine cellar of any sports venue in the country. It is absolutely next level. I do like the Kings. I do think that they've turned a corner this season. We talked to Taluk Robitaille. We do have to get him back on the show to talk about this team. It's a young team. This is a rebuilding process, but this was the first year that they thought that this team would actually compete, and it took them some time, but it really goes back to that road trip that they had back east. They did not lose. Now, they, they didn't win every game, but they, they, they did not lose, and, and so I think this Kings group Around the midseason, they go on that two-week road trip. They came together, and I really like this team right now. And and I don't know if they're going to win the Pacific. By the way, in the history of the Kings, they've won two Stanley Cups. They've only won the division twice. And it wasn't the years that they won the Cup, so amazingly. But but they are 7-1-2 in their last 10 games. I really liked this uh, Kings team. I, I do think the Ducks are a good team. I don't think they will both make the playoffs. I do like the Kings, though, to not only win tonight, but to make it to the postseason. Yeah, I like the Kings to make it to the postseason. They have a young team. And if you actually go back to that interview with Luke Robitaille, which we have played for you guys multiple times. Because so he's great. Luke is the uh, best. The best. I mean, when they and talk not about, only about the game, you talked to him about, about food, about the beaver tail. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, we should have talked to him about poutine and all uh, this other stuff, too. Well, but we'll that's, we'll why we that. got, that's why we got to get him back on the show. <laughs> but um, when they talk about Canadians being the nicest people on the planet, they really, really are are the nicest people on the planet, like overly nice. But anyways, he did tell us that this team is young, but watch out for this team. So, I mean, they're showing it on the ice right now, right? I mean, so if it stands to to this day right now, yeah, I'll take the Kings all day, at least for the playoffs. I don't yeah. know about the Cup yet because they are so young, but I because of that lack of uh, experience. But I still love them to make the playoffs. And I mean, no offense to the Ducks, but you guys have been on a small little tear of not and, making the playoffs in a while. And to be honest, I mean, the the Ducks were in first place in the division, but gee, hey, that, that Pacific division is so tight, right? I mean, I mean yeah. just a couple of points between the number one seed, the number two seed, so... 
Should be a good one tonight. A lot of focus on the Lakers and the Clippers. But I'm more focused on the Kings and the Ducks tonight. Yeah, and Calgary's playing out of their mind. Well, let's move on to the next headline. The Rams are in negotiations to buy the site of the former Woodland Hills Promenade shopping mall and build a team practice facility there. Arash, <laughs> you grew up right next to this facility, right next to this site. What do you think um, of the Rams' plans? I love this. And listen, this is this question was a, a softball for me because I grew up in Woodland Hills. My brother went to Taft High School. Like, anything you need in life, I've always said, is on Ventura Boulevard. So I'm very excited about this. I'm excited about this for the Rams and their and their executives and their players and their coaches. They practice in Thousand Oaks. It is so far away. It is in Ventura County. And I get that they needed the land there and there's a ton of land there. There's nothing going on there. And it really hurts the Rams in terms of coverage because there's so many TV channels and there's so many media members that would love to cover their practices. But you got the Chargers in Costa Mesa. You got the Rams in Thousand Oaks. There's nothing going on in Thousand Oaks, folks. So at least in Woodland Hills, they are in the heart of the San Fernando Valley, and you can knock the valley all you want. I grew up there. I am 818 till I die. So I am very happy about the Rams going there. And this goes to a larger plan that Stan Kroenke and the Rams have of not only building a practice facility, but building a mixed-use place where there's a hotel there, there's a gym there, where the Rams are really planting their flag in Los Angeles and saying, hey, if you're a Rams fan... Come check out our, our our practice facility. Come check out our gym. Come come stay at the hotel. Like, really build a Rams campus. And that footprint in the Valley is large enough where they can do that. So I'm excited about the Rams. Excited for Rams fans. Again, that... They are in uh, in Cal State Lutheran or Cal Lutheran. Like, there is nothing happening up there. So happy. Again, we don't have enough information in terms of when they will break ground and when this will happen. But I fully expect it to happen by 2024. You know, I'm, I'm okay with this, but I feel like anywhere that the Rams go... There's going to be, especially after winning a Super Bowl, they're they're going to be able to have whoever they want, right? They're going to be able, like, they're going to be able to have people come in and and look at their facility and look and watch their their uh, practices and everything like that. That being said, though, God bless Cronky for putting in money into LA oh, like this. Exactly. God bless him. So I I'm all for this. I'm all for them expanding everywhere and anywhere and um, making themselves relevant. So exactly. I'm, and, and I'm here's what they this. got they, they have to do. I mean they really have to use this Super Bowl win like as a excuse to go around Los Angeles. I have no idea what their plans are for the Vince Lombardi trophy, but that trophy should be at, you know, schools at camps, kids should be able to touch it. I mean, like, they should really say, hey, we are your, your Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. They have a full year to do that. So beginning with this practice facility, I hope that begins now. All right. I mean, I, I do too. Um, moving on to the next headline. NASCAR's Wise Power 400 is at the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana this Sunday. The pace car will be driven by Dodger Slugger, Mr. Albert Pujols. Oh, yeah. And on the parade float serving as Grand Marshal will be the Rams left tackle, Mr. Whitworth. Big W. Uh, Pujols is 42 and Whitworth is 40. Which player has a better chance of playing next season, guys? Listen, I, I hope both of them come back. I think this is it for Whitworth. I think Whitworth has had an amazing career. Um, he was going to retire a few years ago. So glad that he stayed. By the way... The NFL Films did this, like, like they mic'd up so many players. And there's this clip where, like, Whitworth pancakes this guy twice. 
and just stares him down. And he's walking back to the sideline and he's looking back twice. It is so great. Um, I think Pujols comes back. I, th- I think, you know, in baseball, you could be 45 and still play and still hit the ball. So I think Whitworth uh, will retire. He, he wants his day in the sun. He's not going to retire just yet. He wants to be wined and dined and take his parade. And I, I, this is so great for him. Um, Pujols, so glad that he's had a, this moment with the Dodgers because I thought he was going to be forced into retirement because nobody wanted him. He got a second chance with the Dodgers. He was so great on that team. Um, again, hope both of those guys come back. Of the two, Pujols, I think, does come back for at least one more year. Whitworth, I think he's done, unfortunately. I just think that it's not given enough attention that Andrew Whitworth was playing at such a high level at maybe the hardest position in, in football oh, yeah. at age 40. I mean, to take that into consideration, whether or not he retires, what a, an illustrious career. But to answer the question, I do think that Albert Pujols, you know, being that guy that can come in and pinch hit and do those kind of things, he can do that, like you said, probably till age 45. Who knows? Exactly. We've seen baseball players do this. Julio Franco did oh, yeah. this until probably age 50-something. Yeah. I don't remember when and he just retired. just having the clubhouse guy, I think, is important, yeah. right? And he was so great with these young players. Again, you have coaches for that, but having that player-slash-coach and again, he hit big home runs. We had no expectations when he came to the Dodgers, but he was a solid player for them. I think that's the reason why he he did so well is because there were no expectations, right? Like there were like he's coming in blind, so to speak. You know, like everybody was just sitting there going, like, you know what? If you can do anything, we'll be happy with that. Obviously, Whitworth, f- football, baseball. Let's totally, get real, yeah. football, guys. It's it's the hardest sport possible. You're gonna be you're going to be getting hit twenty four seven. So. Yeah. If Whitworth decides to retire, you know, good good on him. I don't I don't blame him for that, right? No, because I mean, I mean, it's a hard sport. The way that it's described to me, it's a car crash on every single play. If you're the tackle, if you're a defensive lineman, if you're an offensive lineman, it is a car crash. I think at this point in his career, he's won the Super Bowl. He's done. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, on to the next headline. We're going back to the Lakers. And the Clippers game tonight, guys. Many talking heads in the media have said the Lakers should look to trade LeBron James this offseason. He has one year left on his contract. Going into twenty his 20th season, and he will be 38 years old in December. Would you trade LeBron James? Here's the thing. Me, personally, no. But... I will listen to trade offers for LeBron James. I mean, here's the important thing is I'm not going to give up LeBron James. I do think at this point in time, the Lakers have to look at their future. They don't have a ton of first round picks. They're a very old team. If someone's going to call me up and they're not that good of a team and they want to give me multiple first round picks and a young player for LeBron, I think I would have to do that. They're they're not going to get that deal, I don't think. So that's why I'm not going to give up on LeBron or I'm not going to trade him for nothing. But I'm just throwing out a name out there. Let's just say Cleveland calls and says, you know, this this means a lot. We want LeBron to pass Kareem and become the NBA's all-time leading scorer wearing a Cavs jersey. And to make that happen, we will trade you two first-round picks plus a young player. And they got a a lot of good young players. I would totally do that. They're not going to get that offer, but uh, so I, I think it's a two-part question, uh, or a, you know, my response is two parts. No, I would not trade him, but I will take the phone call, and if there's a trade offer that I like, of course I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't mind taking the phone call, but the thing is, I thought when they got LeBron, the whole point is the Lakers are basically 
too good to tank and too good I to know. go in that direction. Isn't it more beneficial to try to retool the roster around LeBron, especially with the level that he's playing at now? I understand the logic of going the other way and trying to bottom out. But the thing is, I thought that the reason why LeBron came is because that is against the Lakers' DNA. <laughs> they so. are tr- uh, tanking in a very organic way. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're not tanking, but they're, I mean, again, they're not going to miss out on the play-in tournament just because the 11 seed and the 10 seeds are, are so bad. So they will at least be the 10 seed. They will at least make this play-in tournament. But at some point, they got to be like, here's the white flag. We are done. We got to get some first round picks. We got to retool for the future. I mean, unless they get the equivalent of the Playboy Mansion, no. Don't trade LeBron. <laughs> no, there's no there's no need. He has yeah. one more year on his co- left on his contract, and he'll probably be gone after that. Yeah. So no, there is no need to trade LeBron. Let's stop with the trading rumors or whatever and like putting that out there in the ether. Like, let, let the man play and just move on from the team after a year. And when it comes in regards to tanking, you're right. They're taking it in an organic way. Yeah. They didn't mean to tank. It's not something that they really tried to do. And it really hurts that they're tanking or, or, or losing this season. Because LeBron's having one of his best seasons in a long time, which is like amazing to say at this point in his career. So, no, I would not trade LeBron James. Okay, last headline, guys. There is still a chance the Clippers could get Paul, George, and Kawhi back. Um before the start of the season, uh, they are currently the eighth seed and have 100 to 1 odds to win it all. That's crazy. Um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> would, <laughs> would you take a flyer on the Clippers with the possibility of Kawhi and PG 13 coming back? I would. And GA, I think we're probably going to look to do that when we go to Vegas. But here's why I've been told that the Clippers are still long shots. While they could possibly get uh, Paul George back. I think Kawhi is the long shot. And I think Kawhi is the team that makes you um, a championship contending team. I think with Paul George, they have a chance to maybe make a run. What that run looks like, I'm not quite sure. Uh, If you you don't have Kawhi, you're not a championship contending team. So that's why I've I've been told that, listen, we're still going to put them at at, at 101 because we don't really think that... uh, that Kawhi will come back. And if Kawhi does come back and he hasn't played in a calendar year, like what does that Kawhi look like? So, but I will take a flyer on them because I, I I love those crazy odds. I mean, uh, you know, gee, I'm not sure what you're going to put on them. I'll, I'll, I'll put 20 on them. <laughs> I, I'll, put, not, I'll, I'll put 100 down on that. Look at a hundo. Hundo for G. I'll hey, put a Wiley. on that. Yeah, dude, 100 to 1? That is crazy. That's insane. Those, are, I mean, that's like a betting person's dream. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of taking the bait on. Well, because that. at least there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. You're putting a hundred down, and there's a chance. Yeah, like with the possibility. There's a chance again. Like, like the, it's not likely Kawhi comes back. But who's to say? No, but again, no one knows Kawhi. This idea that there's a source close to, there's no source close to Kawhi who's talking. There's no, there's, there, I mean, so you could get Kawhi and you could get Paul George back this season. Yeah, I mean, those sources know better though, like now after what was said prior to, right? Yeah. With him. I just think, you know, with 100 to 1, I would do a lot less for 100 to 1. I mean, the fact is that this team, we've been saying it for so long, if they have health, they are a title contender, and we don't know if they're going to be healthy or not. So 100 to 1, that is definitely worth a flyer at the very least. Yeah, and, and this goes to the bets that they take. I mean, the reason the Lakers are, I don't know what they are, like 
40 to 1 or 50 to 1. I mean, they have crazy odds because they still get bets on them. And if you're in the risk management business, you can't make the Lakers. The Lakers are 100 to 1, but you can't make them 100 to 1 because of the number of bets. Again, they recently took a $1,000 bet on the Lakers, so that changes the, the odds somewhat. Um... I would not place any money on the Lakers winning the championship this season. Jay, do you have the updated odds right now on the Lakers and the Clippers? So according to Vegas Insider, it's uh, for the Western Conference. Yeah. They're at plus 450. Okay. Um, and the Clippers are at plus 900. Yeah, so the, the, the odds are the way they are because of the bets that they take. It's not because they really like the Lakers still. There's no one who's watched this team this season that thinks that the Lakers have a shot in hell to win a championship this year. Unfortunately... And, I, and I, people want to know, do you think, like, at some point that they can... F- there's no switch to flip at this point. LeBron's playing amazing, and they're still struggling to win. Just found out the Lakers' odds to win it all, plus 1,000. Okay, so I, I, think, I think people are, are realizing that not only have they struggled all year, they're not, they're not going to be healthy. I don't think Anthony Davis is going to come back. Uh, and when he does, like, at what point, like, like, how healthy will he be this season? Okay, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by our good friend Michael Duarte from KNBC Channel 4 in Los Angeles, talking about the Lakers, the Clippers, the lockout, so much more. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now a word from our newest sponsor, NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do it now. And now, let's go back to the show. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just a reminder, if you want to if you have a question for us, if you have a comment, if you want to win a prize, that's right. I think that's the reason that you're going to call us. Call our hotline 310-400-0340. But this is the man of the hour. This is the man that we are joined by every Friday. Michael Duarte from KNBC4 here in Los Angeles, my longtime friend. Michael, how are you? Rush, good. I'm so happy that we're going to be talking about uh, full rosters reporting to spring training and spring <laughs> training games starting. Oh, oh, wait a second. Now, Michael, you would have probably been there right now. I mean, you are the man on the Dodgers. Again, you cover a little bit of everything, the Lakers, the Rams, the you know, USC, the Dodgers. Now, would, would you have been at spring training right now? Well, the, Do- uh, the Lakers are playing the Clippers. Uh, on Friday this evening, so I'd probably be back for this, but yeah. I would say, because of the All-Star break and stuff, I would have been there leading up to tonight. I probably would have been there all week and driving as we speak so I could make it back. So yeah, I would have been there had uh, had these two sides, the Players Union and the owners of Major League Baseball, actually been able to sit down and figure this out uh, in a more timely manner. 
you know, you're you're uh, close with a lot of these players. Uh, what sense do they get? I mean, uh, clearly they want to get back to playing when you're on a team as good as the Dodgers, one of the favorites to win the World Series. They want to get back on the field. What sense do you get from them? What sense do you get that, listen, I think at this point uh, we're going to have a delay at this point. I don't know if we're going to have a full season. What sense do you get that this will be resolved at some point soon? Yeah, these players are like waiting for a waiting for a phone that never rings you know um we saw some of them during the super bowl week uh leading up to that um i spoke to cody bellinger at the fanatics party uh and said what's up to him and and his baby mama and spoke (laughs) to him about the lockout and uh he was just as frustrated as most of the players i've spoken to uh he had no comment public comment for me about it uh but off the record he had things to say about it uh, the other players that I've reached out to that are, are more inclined uh, to little be in the know about it, and some of them are my personal friends, they are absolutely pissed off at Major League Baseball and the owners. Uh, they say, you're the ones who decided to lock us out. You're the ones who decided to then not come back to the negotiating table at all uh, for months, for months. Uh, we're talking all of December, all of January, and then to finally come back to the table at some point in February. And now after just a few days of negotiations in which they really aren't coming back with major moves to the middle to try to meet the players' demands at all, they're now coming up with this February 28th deadline that if we don't strike a deal by then, you're going to lose games, you're going to lose paychecks, um, and, and it's a big deal. And Max Scherzer, who was on the Los Angeles Dodgers for the second half of last season, who I spoke to extensively throughout the playoffs because he is actually uh, on the on the players, a part of the players' union. He is in on these meetings right now, as is Garrett Cole, um, you know, another Southern California kid uh, for, who's now with the New York Yankees. He also is some – both of those guys together make a lot of money uh, to the top-paid pitchers in the game. And it's going to cost them upwards of two, three $300,000 if they miss games, if, if it goes into the regular season. Uh, and games aren't played on that full 162-game schedule. And both of them told me that what they're fighting for right now is is so much bigger than just a few games. They are fighting for the next 10 years. They are fighting for uh, teams like teams in baseball that tank, that don't spend anywhere near the sort of payroll uh, or come anywhere near the CBT threshold that teams like the Dodgers or the Red Sox or Yankees do. Uh, They're sick of that. They're sick of teams being able to manipulate uh, a, a player's playing time uh, over seven years, like we saw the Cubs do to Chris Bryant uh, by being able to hold him down, send him back. Uh, they're sick of those things. They're sick of that pay, the minimum pay gap. So even though they are the two highest-paid pitchers in the game, they know that they're fighting for everybody in the league, all players, including minor league players, and they're fighting for the next 10 years of the sport. So it doesn't seem like they feel like backing down. They're just upset that Major League Baseball chose to lock them out, chose not to come to the table, uh, and are now imposing this deadline after just four straight days uh, of communications and talks. Now, here was my view of this prior to us going into these negotiations, that that, that a league that lost so many games, again, we had a 60-game season where the, the Dodgers won, you were in Texas during that entire postseason, um, for them not to be playing games in front of fans for a year plus, I thought there was no way they would put themselves in this position where they would lose games does that factor in at all? Like, we lost a ton of money. The players lost a ton of money. These teams lost a ton of money. 
I mean, I never thought that we would be in a position now where they're going to lose. More, they're going to lose more games. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I did not. I actually disagree, Rush. I actually saw that when the pandemic started, and these two sides tried to agree on how they were going to play the 2020 pandemic season, and. They couldn't even come to an agreement on that. Yeah, that's that true. leaked over for so long, and spring training part two, two point didn't even start until July of that year. Voting on a sixty game season when the players were like, "We could play a hundred games, we could play a hundred and ten, and it ended up being sixty because these two sides couldn't come together and agree on things. Um, and we saw some of the things that are being negotiated now be negotiated then, talking about expanded playoffs. We're talking about a universal DH. We're talking about how to pay minor league players and, and how much money they get. So, yeah, to your point, when I saw the writing on the wall in 2020, I was like, and these two sides in a year and a half are going to have to come together again, only this time <laughs> negotiate the next 10 years of a CBA deal or five, depending on how long they, they want to make this deal. Uh, it didn't look good. And I probably knew then that there was going to be some sort of a lockout, there was going to be some sort of a strike, if, if that's what you want to call it, and that there was going to be games missed and time missed, and it's happening. Now, the larger point to that right now is uh, you see a lot of fans out there clamoring about you're hurting the sport, you're losing fans, young people aren't going to want to watch you, and that's where I really, I really sit down and ponder and have pause, because this would be the offseason for baseball anyways. We really wouldn't be talking about it. We really wouldn't be talking that much when pitchers and catchers report. You might see a little blurb on the KNBC4 news uh, you know, that they reported. Maybe some B-roll of Kershaw throwing if, if he decided to come back or not. That might be all we would see at this point. We might not even talk about preseason games at all. When you start missing regular season games, which we are just days away from happening. Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes more news and people are probably going to get more frustrated. That's when season ticket holders are going to be frustrated. That's what I can see a little more. But as long as this kind of just bleeds into spring training games and preseason games, I don't think you're losing huge fans. And the point is, is if they can come to a decision on how the game is going to be played, uh, we're talking expanded playoffs, we're talking University DH, we're talking what they test for, we're talking how long a player until he becomes a free agent, we're talking how long a player until he can reach arbitration. If they can get these things worked out, and a lot of these things are, are supposed to be behooven to the players, then I think the game will be made better, and then as long as it continues to build up steam in the following years, then it can build those fans back. That's the question I really ponder and have pause about it. Is it really hurting the game right now? Are they really losing all these fans? Or will they all come back to the game as long as the product is good? Yeah. Joined by Michael Duarte from KNBC4 here on the Mightier 1090 in the Fan in Las Vegas. Michael, this would normally be a big game. Lakers, Clippers, Crypto.com Arena. This is now from talking to my friends, the cheapest ticket for a Lakers-Clippers game in years. Again, no Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George, no Anthony Davis. Both of these teams are in this uh, play-in tournament position right now. Your view on this game, again, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel for the Clippers. If they get good news on Paul George, if they get some good news at some point on Kawhi, there's a chance that this team could make a run here. The Lakers, we've seen them healthy. We've seen them not healthy. They're clearly not healthy right now. How do you look at this game tonight? Yeah, these are two teams that uh, are, are not at their full strength, that had high expectations coming into the season, 
that are just completely injury prone, obviously, with a lot of these guys, including Paul George. I don't think we see Kawhi Leonard again this year uh, play for the Clippers, especially where they're at. I don't know or think uh, we might see Paul George. He said that could be good news. But at some point, you know, his injury is very similar to a baseball pitcher with Tommy John surgery. And we know that's sometimes an 18-month recovery. Now, not necessarily the case for a basketball player, but if he's going to be playing uh, on a torn uh, ligament muscle there in his elbow, he has the ability to completely tear it again or, or do something if he didn't surgically repair it. Now, here's something interesting, though, Arash. If we look at the remaining schedule for both of these teams, right, the Los Angeles Lakers, and it depends on what you look at, um, I'm right now looking at just rankings.com, teamrankings.com. But the Lakers have the second toughest schedule in the entirety of the NBA in their final 24 games, wow. 14 of which are on the road. And I believe there's something like 8 and 19 or 9 and 18 on the road this year. Just paltry on the road compared to their, their record at home, which isn't great. And they have two games against the Suns, two games against the Warriors, two games against the Mavericks, and two games against these same Clippers. So, this is the team chasing you. When you play the Clippers, when you play the Timberwolves early this year, when you play the Mavericks, when you play these teams that are ahead of you that you could still catch in the standings, the Lakers need to win these games. Now, the, Cl- the Clippers, on the other hand, according to the same strength of schedule, have the fifth easiest schedule in the NBA down the stretch as far as how many games they have remaining, uh, which I believe is 21 games, so less games than the Lakers. And they get the Rockets twice, who are a terrible team. They get the Thunder. They get the Kings. They get the Knicks, uh, the Pistons, all these teams that uh, the Lakers don't get really again that are easy to beat. So this was a huge game for the Lakers if you want to try to catch the Clippers and get out of that nine seed where if you go to the playoff, you could be one and done. Yeah, no doubt about that. Michael, I thought about you yesterday and this morning. Uh, You covered the Rams, but you have to make that trek from your home uh, to Thousand Oaks. The Rams are apparently in talks to buy the Woodland Hills Promenade. I grew up around the Woodland Hills Promenade. I've been to that movie theater several times. It's no longer a mall, unfortunately, but spent a lot of summer days walking around the Woodland Hills Promenade promenade what do you hear about this and by the way this is fantastic news this would mean that by i'm assuming by 2024 both the chargers and the rams will be located in los angeles county right now the chargers they practice in costa mesa the rams are all the way up in thousand oaks uh they would both be in the valley but i'm sorry the rams would be in the valley but for michael duarte's point of view that would they would be a hop skip and a jump from your home michael how great would that be I will pitch less need right now if you need an assistant GM and you buy this this land and take it down and build a training facility. I will be in walking distance from you. I will absolutely be there each and every day and every morning if that's what they wanted. But now, and all, all jokes aside, Arash, you know, I agree with you. So I live just a hop, skip, and a jump away from what they're, what, I guess I didn't even know it was called the Woodland Hills Promenade, to be honest with you. Um, but it was one of those Westfield malls. Yeah. The mall itself has been down. I used to go to that mall. You probably used to go to that mall. There used to be a pool hall uh, right. right there next to the movie theater. I used to go play pool and stuff before catching a movie. The movie theater is still there. There's a movie theater and a P.F. Chang's. Uh, and on the flip side of it, there's a Maggiano's and a Corner Bakery. And that's all that's there in this complex. They used to have a post office there out of an old like Nordstrom or department store. It's gone. Um they put the, the LA Kings put an ice skating rink there every winter. That's kind of cool. I've done that a few times. 
they do like a drive-through Halloween uh, celebration. They do a drive-through Christmas celebration in the parking lot. And a lot of movies are filming in this vacant mall a lot. Now, is that enough to make ends meet? Is that enough to, to really make this place prosperous? No, because when it's not in use for those things, it's a dead zone. And here's the funny thing, Arash. It's, it's strange that sports keep coming back to this site because this originally was where the Dodgers wanted to build their their single A uh, spring not not spring training but single A minor league affiliate stadium. That would have been awesome. They wanted to move the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes uh, to this location in Woodland Hills, build a twelve thousand seat baseball stadium. They were going to build a boardwalk like walkway in the sky that's over to the brand new. Uh, promenade, outdoor promenade that's right there, uh, connected to the Topanga Mall, which I know you've seen. They got Joey and a bunch of restaurants, oh, yeah. uh, 24-hour fitness, barbecue. There's a Katsuya there. So they wanted to build this walkway between the two and you could go watch Dodgers single-A games there. Meaning, you know, if Kershaw went on the IL and you wanted to see him pitch a rehab start, you could go to Woodland Hills and see him pitch instead of having to drive all the way to Rancho. And that's great for the players because if they wanted to do a rehab yeah. start, now they're not talking Oklahoma City or, or Tulsa. They could just go here. So that project got actually stopped by Artie Marino of the Angels, who actually had the power to put the kibosh on it. And that is exactly what he did, which ended the Dodgers' dreams of being able to play there. Now you have the Rams potentially being able to build their own training facility, put their offices there, control absolutely everything. Um, I love this idea from the selfish standpoint that I could walk there every day and uh, everybody would be coming out to me if they want to cover Rams practices. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, the Friday before the Super Bowl, like you and I did, have to come out there to cover them live. That's uh, where you'd have to come now, out to Woodland Hills. So I love the idea. It's so close to me. It's a stone's throw. I think it would be great, and I think it would bring a lot of fans, a lot of business, and if they can connect that walkway over to the other mall, the outdoor mall on the other side, it's even better because now you're going to bring business over there so I just feel bad for the AMC and the PF Changs. I don't know where they're going. Well, you would hope that they, you know, find a spot nearby because I love that PF Changs. I love that movie theater, and it is. Um, listen, I mean, that's why they are still there. That 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 mall's dead. It says something about that movie theater, and it's something. It says something about that PF Changs that they have survived. Uh, but again, that would be great. Again, for them to be in Los Angeles County, in in, in my, you know, I think a lot of media that would like to cover the Rams and that would like to cover the Chargers simply can't because of how far they are like when you're covering these Rams practices um, and again you cover the Lakers the Dodgers all the teams in town from what I've been told and just because I don't go to a ton of these Rams practices that th there's not a ton of media there on a regular basis because it's so far away yeah so for me you know you, your family's out by me so exactly. you get to come see them every now and then yeah. especially when you know used to work out here so that made it convenient for you for me my family's out in like ventura ventura oh, county some. so so to going out to thousand oaks was like okay now i get to go see my family every now and then but you're right it's like why do i really want to drive there and i know people like Lindsay theory people coming from manhattan beach people coming from where you live man that is a trek and they don't want to make that trek. But Arash, I'm confused because I thought the Rams had announced and said that they were going to stay where they're at uh, on I the CLU campus yeah. in Thousand Oaks for a time. This could just be one of those things where this land has been available. They've been trying to develop it. I've been told over the years, like I said, in addition to building a stadium for the Dodgers single-A affiliate, they thought about building a concert venue there. Um, 
They thought about like, like, like a concert hall. They've talked about building a brand new outdoor mall, extending the mall that's already on the other side. They've now talked about putting the Rams there. I think this is a matter of maybe somebody trying to pitch this land to the Rams on the cheap. And when you have the pockets, the deep pockets that Stan Kroenke has and the ability to move them into L.A. County, just like you said, uh, maybe that is something that is appealing to them. Uh, to be able to have their own, to not have to go to Irvine where there's no air conditioning in those storms, uh, <laughs> to hold your training camp. You could hold it right here uh, in Los Angeles County, uh, in the Valley, close enough to Agora and Hidden Hills where a lot of these players live. I, I think most people would be checking the boxes saying they're down for this. No doubt about it. And again, there's a big difference. And again, it, it's, you know, you could talk about the mileage, but being in Woodland Hills, again, you are in Los Angeles County. You're a part of the city. There's so many players, whether it's the Kings or the Lakers or whatnot, like the, you know, they live in the Valley. So, um, Michael, last two and a half minutes that we have with you, a lot of talk about LeBron James, what he said during the All-Star break in Cleveland. Should they move him? Should they trade him? I mean, let's play this out. Let's just say the Lakers are in the play-in tournament and they lose that play-in tournament. Let's just say best-case scenario, they win and they get bounced in the first round. What what do the Lakers do with LeBron this summer? Yeah, first and foremost, when it comes to blame for the Lakers this season, Arash, uh, it's LeBron James all alone in a carnival hall of mirrors. He can only see himself. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know what your colleague Bill Plasky at the LA Times is smoking, but to write an entire <laughs> column basically suggesting making the hot take to trade LeBron uh, especially when he has a no trade call, it's not even actual plausible. It's just ridiculous. Um, you can't really do anything to answer your question. Um, when you get in bed with LeBron James, as now three teams in the NBA have, and there will probably be a fourth team once Bronny James becomes eligible to be drafted, once you have done that, then you basically are handcuffed to whatever LeBron does. And when I yeah. say the blame is on LeBron, I mean not LeBron the player because he's had an excellent season. He's, he's been MVP caliber. He's still showing why even in his 18th year and at his age, he's a top player in the league. But LeBron James, the GM, has failed. Yeah. Has failed spectacularly as he is the one who has collected this island of misfit toys. Uh, <laughs> pieces that we knew here in the media that we knew as fans would not fit well together. We're looking at you, Russell Westbrook. We're looking at all the old guys on this roster that have been injury-prone throughout the year. So, to me, that's where he fails. But LeBron is also savvy enough to know when to hit the reset and to try something else. So, my guess would be you are in bed with him for one more year. You still have AD under contract. You try to figure out something with Russell Westbrook in the offseason. Maybe somebody would take on that dead money in exchange for three or four mid-level guys they're not going to sign uh, or those contracts they want to get out. So, my guess is there's nothing you can do except hit the reset and try again with a younger, more athletic roster. Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for that. We will be talking to you next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.